When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, good evening, and welcome to the midweek fix for the this Wednesday. No, what day is it? Yes. Is, no, it's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday. <laughs> this is a midweek fix for Tuesday. Um, it's a season review. Um, usually on a Wednesday, the midweek fix. That's why I got all confused there, Joe. But tomorrow is all about Divock Origi. It's Divock Origi night on the LFC Day Trippers tomorrow night. But tonight it is the midweek fix. It's a season review where we're going to look at all or most of the Premier League teams. Um, what we thought at the start of the season. Um, how they performed. Um, were they good? Were they bad? What do you think for next season? And um, we're going to have a lot. We're going to have a go with Frank Lampard because that's why Joe's <laughs> here. Um, basically. And um, listen, I asked Joe last week to come on the show. We went, oh, are you, are you asking me on on Tuesday to say goodbye? Is that what it is? And I went, no, not at all. And um, it's a car stayed up. So Joe was absolutely buzzing. He is a bit freaked out at um, Tor's uh, comment. He went, uh, does people in the chat here ask me where the fucking head the money is? What's going on? That's just an everything thing, Joe. Do not worry about it. So everybody's welcome. Um, like, subscribe, share, all that stuff. Um, as you know, from the 4th of June, we will no longer be asking people to like, subscribe or share. Just stick comments in. Um, we're not asked if you like or subscribe anymore. Um, if you want to, you will. If you don't, you won't. Um, because we can't affect you either way. Joe, how are you? Oh, mate, I'm over the moon. I was going to comment myself saying, like, how you'd invited me on, and I was like, oh, is this just to say goodbye? I was, like, thinking, honestly, it's, like, my whole, like, not just the football club, and I'm going to go, oh, man, the championship, and I was thinking everything's going to have to change again, and, oh, we've only been up here two years, like, why? And then to for the final day to go how it did for us, Oh, man, over the moon. And do you know what? I feel like we did a service because I think a lot of people for a long time now have said they're sick of Burnley. They're sick of Burnley. So thankfully we were able to do our business. The Geordies, thankfully, Eddie Howe stuck to his word, put out a strong side. And, yeah, we we stayed in the division. And and I think think two years is the thing, isn't it, Gav? I've noticed like with Wolves, with Villa, with Leicester – Getting them two years and then you can start to push, you know. Yeah. Thankfully, we did it. You know? And Sheffield United finish really well, I think, about 10th in their fourth season and then they're yeah. just obliterated. If you can stay up for the second season, yeah. um, financially, it puts you on a really... It allows you to expand in a second, yeah, in a exactly. third year. And yeah. not only that, it allows you to look around the league, um, see who you're up against and find your rightful place in the league. You know, because when teams come up in the four seasons, like just stay up. Leeds were like that last season. And this season, you were probably thinking mid table, probably push around there. <clears throat> and some, some becomes of a shock, like Leeds have got this season. Yeah. But with the fact that you're going into your third season, you've seen what you can do, you've seen what others can do. And not only that, you have two years of Premier League money behind you, which is yeah, colossal. Exactly. It's 200 million quid, more or less. You know, the sort of way, probably more. Um, that's just a. a 
a rough estimate on my part. And then you can start to look to build, you know. Mm. And in fairness, some teams come up in their second year, they take that risk by not not overexerting themselves in the transfer market because there's always that worry that it can go horribly wrong and the parachute payments won't mean shit to you because mm. you've given players huge contracts. Um, Villa were a bit different. I think Villa came up and spent about 150 million quid mm. when they come up, but nearly went down, if you remember. Yeah, I think they survived at West Ham on the last day. Yeah, um, well, it was the goal, wasn't it? They got the, who was it who scored a goal against them and the, the goal line technology? Oh, the watch was broken. Um, yeah. Was it Sheffield United? Potentially, yeah. I yeah. think it might have been, yeah. Yeah. So what you see there is that there's different ways of going about it. Villa would have been in yeah. all sorts of trouble if they'd have went down that season. Yeah. But now you see them. They have a new manager in Gerrard. They're progressing. They've made a good signing yesterday. And you can see it from Villa. You know, that they're, yeah. they're looking to build. They're not looking behind them. They're looking to build. Yeah. Where some players or some teams try to do that too early. But... I'm definitely going to talk about Leeds in a bit, right? Um, you're gonna, I'm going to say stuff you like, and I'm going to say stuff you don't like. So let me put that on record before we go, right? That's fine, mate. Um, let's start at the top, though. Um, yeah. Manchester City are champions. Um, they pip Liverpool to the league by one point. Um, taking them as a two, though, you know, because I think they stand out. Like, you know, it's not. it wasn't a top four race. It was two spaces yeah. they were chasing because Liverpool and City. But overall... Um, is that what you expected from the start of the season? Did you enjoy watching City and Liverpool? And it was just so close. It came down to the last couple of minutes. Yeah. Um, did I expect them two to be up there? Yeah, of course. I did think they'd have been joined by Chelsea. Obviously, we'll get on to Chelsea. I did think it would have been a free horse race. I remember talking about it before the start of the season when they got Lukaku and stuff. It was like, oh, missing piece of the jigsaw, you know. So, um, obviously, there was chatter about Kane. Had he gone in? I think I'd have, you know, spoke on City, but um, there wasn't really a, a standout at the start of the season. In terms of, do I enjoy watching them too? Yeah. Like, for me, it's perfect, Gav. Um, I understand Leeds United ain't up there, so what's the perfect scenario for me? It's Liverpool or City, because I don't like Chelsea or Man United. Um, I did a video today just speaking about Calvin, and, and maybe he goes to City, maybe he doesn't, but I always said, like, for me, as a Leeds fan, if he was to progress... I would say Liverpool or City, happily. It is what it is. Um, I like them two clubs. Um, there's a little part of me, we had a discussion. I was like, there's a little part of me wanted Liverpool. Like, I'm, I'm easy either way. Obviously, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. Mm -hmm. But I was more like, I really wanted Liverpool to maybe win the title so we could have the quadruple and then the treble could never be spoken about yeah. again. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so there was a little bit of that, but... Mate, it's been a joy. Uh, Tiago, okay. I wouldn't say he was... I know some people called him a flop, which was mad. But he had an indifferent start. But, I mean, I thought he was he was exceptional to, towards the, the back end. Uh, uh, Yaman Diaz, I mean, what a, what a, what a signing he is, mate. And, uh, yeah, and then and City are enjoyable to watch, aren't they? They're just, they are what they are. Mm. They are what they are, and... I try very hard not to, it's very hard to not to speak about City and come across as a bit um, sour grapes, stuff like that. It, it's not. I, I, I seen I, Keith the other night, don't worry, I seen him when he went in on yeah, him. He went in on them, on, he goes in two-footed and doesn't give a shit. Um, and he's right to, because, you know, as I said in this channel, we answer to nobody. Um, we don't have any people that we have to answer to or, or anything like that, you know. Um, we yeah. self-manage what we say, to be honest. Um, but, Look, I've said openly, um, 
numerous occasions, Liverpool or Manchester City, you're a fabulous football team. You know, taking away where who they are, where they are, and how to get how they get there. If you look at them just on a football and basis, they're a great side to watch. Now, they're brilliant at what they do. Do I watch a lot of them? No, I think they bore me a little bit, and um, because it's um, it's a lot of get behind the fullback, cut it back, and tap in at the back post sort of stuff. Um, but it's very effective, and it's it's pressure, pressure, pressure. They've some fantastic footballers. Um, Kev De Bruyne is just out of this world as a footballer for me. Um, you know, I think Bernardo Silva. I don't like him. But I think he's a brilliant, brilliant footballer. Um, I really like Laporte. I think he's a f- fantastic footballer. Cancelo the same. Um, there's, there's loads of players in that team that would be basically very easy to like. They're very easy to like as players. You know, as a club, they're they're a doped up Gillingham. You know, there's just no other way. They are like they're they're just they're just a team that you know um, they haven't built a history. They've created one. You know, and um, that kind of annoys me a little bit, but that's the world you're living in now, you know. Um, and would Liverpool's would Liverpool winning the title be more celebrated? No, not not from fan bases all over the country, but I think it probably mean more just because of a who Liverpool are and b the way Liverpool have built. But that's the world you're in, Chelsea. You know they built it in a different way. Well, you know. It was a one-man show that built it. Newcastle are coming along now. They're the latest team that are going to be doped up to the eyeballs and, and ran by, you know, more or less a, a sovereign state. And there's, there's nothing you can really do about it because the powers that be let it happen. And overall, you, if you take it on football, um, you know, the two best sides in the country. Do you begrudge but, it, Gav? Do you begrudge it? Um, do I begrudge it? I don't know if you can begrudge it because, you know... They are where they are, you know, and all the money in the world, which they do have, you still have to go and do it, Yeah, you know, and, you know, you've seen Mancini with all the money at his, at his disposal and, and lost, I think he loses an FA Cup final to Wigan, you know, you see, um, I always get his name wrong, um, Pellegrini, Pellegrini. Pellegrini. Yeah, yeah, um, he, he won a couple of league, couple of league titles, I think, um, but in Europe, wasn't happening. But maybe now City could tell you they were they were building at that stage. Pep hasn't won a European Cup. They're just they're built to dominate in domestically and they're they're trying to build to try to dominate in Europe and so far they haven't done it. Um are they a big club? No. Not in my opinion. Um I don't think they're I think they're a middle of the road club that have been um pumped with a load, a load of money. It kind of goes beyond begrudging it now because it's just what we live in, you know. Yeah. It, it's it's not like it's not like you can point at them and say, "Oh, look at them! I begrudge them because that's what they're doing." Chelsea are a bit the same. Although I did say last night, Chelsea were winning FA Cups three years before yeah. um, Abramovich yeah. comes in. I think they win a cup winners' cup in '99, which is about three years before, four years before Abramovich. It's like Viali and Zola and all them folks. Yeah, so so they were kind of building, yeah. but, but it's. Look, I don't think it's the best way to run a football club. And people have said to me, you know, oh, what would you do? If Liverpool had that money, you wouldn't be giving out. If Liverpool had that money, I would. I would. The where it comes from. I've no problem with I have no problem with teams coming in like United. United are a behemoth because of what they done from the early nineties. Right? When they see they seen the opening in the Premier League and went for it. And they've built up their, their money making machine. They're probably 
they're probably still the biggest money making machine football wise in the world although Real, Barcelona and Liverpool are actually very close to them you know I've no issue with that if you lose that you lose that this is this is artificial in, in my opinion and that's not yeah. me that's not me before City fucking come out fans come out and go oh you're only being this and you're only being that I know a couple of City fans are all sound do you know what I mean yeah. and they're delighted with what's going on who wouldn't be Yeah, you know what I mean but because of where you are where Liverpool are I wouldn't be comfortable with it. And I, that's why I always kind of say, be careful what you wish for when you come to who owns Liverpool after FSG. Because in my opinion, Liverpool are a 9 out of 10 club. The only thing that makes them a 10 out of 10 club is actually unlimited funds. You know, they're probably 9.5, 9.6 as a club. And there's only one way it can go. Two ways, in my opinion. One, that sort of money coming in and where it's coming from. Or an individual that has just monstrous wealth that yeah. wants to put their name as a Liverpool football club. You're not going to go any other way. You're not going to go fan ownership or anything like that. Um, so, it's, it's, Do you worry that for like, um, I don't know how the structure works at Liverpool, but like having someone like, because we, we've spoke about American ownership on my, on my show, because obviously the 49ers are linked to mm-hmm. Leeds United. Yeah. Are actually American owners any good? And like people say, well, what about Liverpool? But then is it not more so Klopp and actually acquiring the right players? Do you worry that if Klopp goes, I guess Klopp, Klopp and Pep leave either side, there's going to be a drop off. Mm-hmm. But do you do you worry that the gap between you and City could look really big again? Um, just because of the money they can yeah, spend. Yeah, no, no, I get that. I said it last night. If City had a problem with players overplayed in the World Cup, they could probably go out in the January and stick 150 million down yeah. the table like, without thinking. You know, um, Klopp is a ridiculous manager. I, I've said it. I think he's the best manager we've had since Paisley. And Paisley's not been at the club since 1983 or four. Do you know what I mean? Um, he's not the biggest personality at the club since Paisley. I think Kenny Daglish is. But... Yeah, you don't want to lose Klopp. Why would you? You know, the sort of way. Yeah. But I think the structure Liverpool have in place is exemplary from top to bottom, all the people in the right place. You know, um, and although Klopp will be a massive loss, I don't ever want to see him leave the club. I think if you were to give me a situation where Liverpool had to lose Klopp, I think they're in the best possible situation to lose him, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, yeah, no, no, Pep, it, yeah. Pep is a brilliant, brilliant manager. It can be thrown at him that, you know, well, he's taking the easy option. Yeah, he's taking the strongest clubs he's in the league and he, he with the most money and, and that's being it. There would be a drop-off, though, because I think the way he plays football, I think, is different to what Pellegrini done or, or Mancini done or, or whoever. Um, but no, I think the I think the only way City pull away is just that relentless um, amount of money, you know, um, and you're up against it but listen things are cyclical aren't they Joe they can change and you know, in five years time City's owners could go that's enough um, we've won yeah. a, like we've won two Champions Leagues in five years um, you know it's what more can we do and it mm. goes you never really know but listen I think the top two I think the, the title race has been brilliant um, yeah. there was ebbs and flows there was draws here draws were like defeats City were so far clear Liverpool 50 out of 54 points in the last eight, 18 well, games. You were 14 points off in January. 
That's like I think was it fourteen yeah. points. That's insane that you've managed to 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 bridge that gap. And you'd argue. I know. Listen, I know it's thirty eight games for a reason. But you'd argue if there was a couple more weeks on it, you probably would have picked them to the post. I think just because of the you know. The, but it's thirty eight games for a reason. But, I think if they um, got, I think if they got to a Champions League final and beaten us in FA Cup semi final, I think we would have won the league mm. because I think there was signs there. The city were starting to run out a bit of steam. You know, run mm. out with a steam, but that's how it goes. You know, we were talking yeah. about it last night, and we were saying, you know, like Dicko was saying to us last night, I feel just like we've we've missed winnable leagues, and you know, I'm kind of going, but they're only the only feel like they're winnable because we're squeezing everything we can out of this club to be mm. on ninety, like ninety two, ninety seven, ninety nine in the last four years. You know what I mean? It's it's, it's ridiculous, and you've won title. That's what you're up yeah. against. You know the sort of way, but. Look, it's it's it is what it is. Um, I think I think both Liverpool and City have been brilliant between them. Uh, is it it's seventy six games? They drop points combined in nineteen. I think, and um, they drop points in nineteen games combined over seventy six. So it's it's they're two really really good football teams. And I, yeah. going into next season, um, I expect both of them to be at the top again. Um, but we'll get on to the other teams and see if you think any different. Chelsea, you wanted to talk about them. Um, yeah, I, I, I just didn't see such a drop off um, in terms of the league. In terms of the league, I know there's. Um, I, I listen to uh, you know I sample a lot of YouTube stuff, and as a Chelsea fan, Matisse made a great point in that people say it's been a bad season for Chelsea, but you could argue they're two penalty shootouts away from two trophies. Hmm. So can we really judge? a season on two penalty shootout losses and say it's overall really bad. Mm-hmm. M- maybe it's not. But in terms of the league, like how far they they were away, especially when you consider they, they won, they're champions of Europe until until the weekend, of course. But um, yeah, I, I just didn't envisage the drop-off genuinely. You could argue a couple of weeks back. I mean, I never said it, but others said it. Like Oscar on my show, for example, was saying, you never know, they might lose third. I, I, I never thought that would happen. But the fact we even started to converse about that shows just how far their drop-off has been. Um, look, I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of Chelsea Football Club um, and this new ownership and that I personally would like to see it go a little bit tits up. Um, it is what it is. Um, they've had their time, haven't they? Like you were saying, it's football cyclical, you know, and uh, they had Roman. But listen, maybe they'll go a different tact and maybe they'll look at, at Tommy Tuckle and say, do you know what, let's try build something now like Pep and Klopp. And maybe that's the route they'll go under the new ownerships. I don't know enough. Um, do you uh, think they're uh, a cup side? Um, yeah. I think they're a cup side. Yeah. But you see, I think... <clears throat> a couple of things have gone against them. Sorry, Mickey Froyers and a few more have said the breaking news Klopp is the LMA manager of the year. That's just been announced. Um so congratulations to Jurgen Klopp. I think it's I think it's well deserved. Uh, I think one of your friends is in here. Um let me get this up. Uh Rusty Smith says uh Joe May, um you've been stitched up here. He said this is just a poor loser cry baby podcast. It's far <laughs> from it. It's far from it. Um but I will give me honest opinion on things and listen. On on the pitch, um, just going back to it quickly. On the pitch, Liverpool weren't league champions, um, yeah. and that's absolutely fine. I'm absolutely fine with that. Um, not happy because we didn't win it, but the league never lies. The table doesn't lie. Everything yeah. outside of that, I would have certain issues with, and I think that's fair enough. Um, I think they're a cup side, John, and yeah. I. I 
I think Tuchel's learned an awful lot about this side. I've said this a couple of times already. I think he's learned an awful lot about this side. I think, I don't think winning the Champions League does him any favours. Like, it's a brilliant thing to win. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. It's brilliant for Chelsea to win the, the European Cup. But I think, you know, if you'd have offered him the Champions League this season, I think he'd have taken it rather than last. Because it would have meant that he's built something over whatever amount of months last season and then he's gone a full season and won a Champions League. And it's a yeah. real stepping stone to going and going for the title. Like Liverpool probably going back in 2019. I think he's learned an awful lot about his Chelsea side this year. You know, the Lukaku stuff was just so out there when he signed. Like it was like that mm-hmm. complete package. Uh, I go back to that game against Arsenal early in the season when he bullies Arsenal, but they, they literally mm-hmm. have... I don't know, me and you playing fucking centre half. I think, I think, was it, was it, oh my God, I swear it was Pablo Maris, and we've never seen him since. I think they got, yeah, I think he, get, he, doesn't he leave? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he I think they got right. then. Yeah, see you later. Yeah. But I do remember like people saying about Lukaku, and it, uh, no, he did an interview saying, if I pin you, it's game over. And he did that in the Arsenal game. Like he just pinned Mari, bam, goals. And I thought, like you said, oh, this guy's different gravy. And then he just, he just fell off a cliff, really, and he was, he was rubbish. Because right? I remember before the Chelsea-Liverpool game thinking, or, or speaking about Lukaku, actually, said the only person that can stop this guy is Van Dijk, really, in yeah. terms of matching him physically and stuff. And then and then he was just just rubbish, weren't he, you know? And I, and you know what? I think I think Tuchel was willing to pin, him, pin his hopes on, on Lukaku, but I think he faded very quickly. And yeah. then, of course, all the stuff comes out about how he loves Inter Milan and he's making public apologies to everyone at Chelsea Football Club. But when you look at, and then, then you look at like the centre, then you look at Azpilicueta, is he signing a new deal? Now, I think he has, right? They've activated something in his contract. Yeah. But you look at Rudiger Christensen. Rudiger is obviously, I think he's going to Real Madrid, isn't he? Yeah. And that's yeah. done. Christensen's being linked with Barcelona. I don't think he's signed a deal. There's a couple more, I think. Well, he refused to play in the FA Cup final, didn't he? Who? Christensen. Did he? To, because of his move. Oh, really? An FA Cup final. And that guy said, I, I don't want to play through fear of injury. I swear that's true. Someone let me know in the chat. Well, yeah, he, he, yeah he, I think he refused to play in an FA Cup final through fear of uh, messing up his move. I don't know if Alonso might be on his way as well. I think Alonso's out of contract as well. And, yeah. and you know, he, he, he kind of has a... That's why I go back to the Champions League. He has this kind of a rebuild on his on his on his play with that pressure of you've been European champions. Why the expectancy goes up and stays up until you win another trophy. And I think that's where Tuchel not struggle, but I think it's it's kind of gonna hamper him a little bit. Mm-hmm. But then you've all the financial stuff, like you know, and when you look at it in the cold light of day, right? Chelsea, in order to operate, have have ran up a bill with Roland Ramage of one point six billion pounds. Okay, now Roman Abramovich is at that club twenty years, right? But now on twenty years, and you know what I mean. It's it's literally he's literally giving them eighty million quid a year just to run the place. Do you know the sort of way when you when you break it down? And now there'll be new owners coming in, and the talk is that they'll run it like a bit like FSG they with Liverpool. So that'll mean that what you generate is what you spend. Um, what do you see for them? Do you see them actually coming in and trying to make a splash next season again and going big at the start and then trying to work it out? Or I think they might be caught in a bit of a difficult spot, Joe. That's yeah. what I think for next season. Yeah, I think they have such an aging squad as well, right? Like you've mentioned, that even the, the midfield, what, Jorginho, uh, Kovacic, Kante. Yeah. I mean, they, they got, 
the good thing for Chelsea is, and I, I, I'm still, they have emerging talent, right? Like, I really rate Conor Gallagher. Massive fan of his. Yeah, Whether or not he'll stay there, I don't know. Um, I, I really like Ruben Loftus-Cheek. I think he's very, very underrated. When he plays well, he's decent. Whether or not he's Chelsea Champions League, I'm not sure. Um, will Armando, Armando Broja get game time? I don't know. They, what it is, is Chelsea have just like an abundance of... They buy all the best young talent from mm-hmm. across the globe, don't they? But I do think, like you say, they have... It seems like there needs to be a massive overhaul. And when you consider like when Lampard first got and they were bringing in Ziyech and Havertz, and I've seen people talking about this guy being a future Ballon d'Or winner and stuff, and I'm like, well, not from what I've seen, you know. And I just... Werner, for example... You know, it looks to me like all that money that they did spend, they're going to have to move some of them on and go again. And I don't know whether or not these owners have that money. Zoyach is being linked with United because of the Ten Hag stuff, um, along with um, uh, your man at Barcelona, Frankie de Jong, um, and somebody else, uh, the Lit, I think, is being linked. So you're going to get all that towards United. Yeah. Um, But with Chelsea, I think I felt a bit sorry for Havertz. Um, Werner just hasn't worked. Um, no, he, he just doesn't. He just hasn't worked, and I think he probably will need to move him on. But mm-hmm. I think I felt a bit sorry for Havertz because Havertz to me is a sort of a a ten. You know, he's a ten, or he can play off either side, but he kind of floats, and he's he's athletic, he's strong, he's quick, he's good in the air, he's a good finisher, he's a really good footballer overall. Mm-hmm. He's a fa- fantastic talent, but he ends up having to go up front because Werner yeah. just can't hit a barn door, and Lukaku. I think he's. He, I think he ends up with COVID, he injuries, then he falls out of favour. So Havertz nearly becomes the de facto number nine for Chelsea, and mm. I feel a bit. I feel a bit sorry for him in that in that sense. But midfield was sometimes can look a bit stale for me, you know. And you might need to put some trust in Conor Gallagher. Chilwell, yeah. of course, is, will be back next season. He's a good player. He was a massive loss as well. Yeah, yeah. And you have James on the other side, who's, who's a fantastic yeah. player as well. Yeah. Um, the goalkeeper is really good. Uh, but who plays at centre back for them next year? Because I mean, Thiago Silva's like so 46, old, yeah. 27. Yeah, they're gonna. Yeah. Have, you're probably looking at four or five signings they need, mm-hmm. um, and they're being they will be linked with loads of players regardless of what's going on with this ownership. Yeah. Um, but it'll be interesting to see with them. They finished toward Sports finished fourth, um, and I have to hand it to Antonio Conte. I'm being honest because. You know, I thought sports were a bit of a mess. I think they were massively affected by the Harry Kane stuff last summer. Yeah. Um, Nuno Espirito Santo just wasn't the right man for that job. Um, although he does bring in the five-three-two um, system that Antonio Conte ends up. Yeah. You know that's his thing, and they go on and get fourth. Um, they bring in Bentecourt, who's been really good. Um, he's been really good for Heiberg, in my opinion. Um, you look at Son, who I again I'll say I think he's the most underrated footballer probably in world football at the minute. Right. Um, yeah. Kane gets back on his on, on goal scoring form. Um, Kulisevsky's been really good since he came in, and they've an option to buy on him, which I'm more or less they'll take up unless yeah. somebody comes in and matches the bid and tries to tempt him away. Um, do we need to give? credit big credit to sports here or is it tempered a little bit by the fact of what was around them because I think what's around them helps them massively as well in terms of the other clubs you mean yeah yeah um, because he does average two points a game when he comes in and that you yeah. get your Champions League yeah um, I did for a long period of time think Arsenal were going to get it mm. um, I thought they were out of contention so yeah I mean Conte Conte does what did what, what Conte does I, I, I think 
they, I mean, I've seen today all over all over social media that apparently they're going to spend big. They're going to back him. Um, yeah, there's been so, talk that they're going to add. Uh, they're they're going to invest 150 million in on yeah. and off the field um, yeah. stuff. So that could that could be anything, you know. The sort yeah, of way. and you've got to back him, haven't you? Especially when I think if they don't get top four, maybe Conte does move on. Maybe that talk of that PSG link. I think, I think that. But well, that's why I think that, yeah. that that's why I think this news is coming out because you mm. see Antonio Conte during the season, like he's he's nearly walking out of the club. Yeah, you know, is, and there's, yeah. there's murmurs that oh he, he won't be backed and and stuff like that, and I think this might be something where they're trying to go to him. Look, we will back you, stay mm. with us, and they've they've appreciated his value as the season's gone on, and that PSG stuff is still hanging around because yeah. Pochettino won't be there. You could end up, and I think I think Conte would actually go to PSG if they approached him, and yeah. PSG can get him out because he can pay mm. the, the the money. But would you like to see him stay there and try? progress that club because he's not he's not a man that does that two three years gone i'd i'd like to see him stay in the premier just because he's <laughs> he's one of one of the best coaches in the world and you know one of the best managers you know so he's up there um so of course i'd like to see him and, and listen i don't hold no ill feeling towards spurs i love son i like kane i like kulisevsky uh, like you say, benton has being a good signing as well it's just that back line apart from romero the rest of it's pretty damn poor isn't it so it'll be interesting to see what what Spurs actually do at the back um they could probably do with a new new keeper as well I'm not I'm not I'm the not a biggest fan, fan nah same I think he's been on the decline for a while um so it'd be interesting to see where they, where they, where they spend the cash because they do have the makings there mm. um and and look it will be much more difficult next year um because I know we'll talk about Arsenal, but I think Arsenal will improve um, in terms of scoring goals because they're going to go get some strikers that know where the back of the net is. Uh, Man United, you assume, would improve. I'm not saying they'll get top four, but they they, they will improve. Um, then you've got the likes, I mean, Newcastle, why not? You know, Villa could push again. Leicester might come again. West Ham, depending. It's going to be a lot more difficult. You're right. Um, so, you know... That top four race, I think City, Liverpool, Chelsea's locked in, but that fourth spot is genuinely up for grabs. But and Spurs, course, by getting Champions League, have put themselves in a great position, haven't they? Yeah, and when you get to 2024, um, it can go to five spots. Okay. Because of the, yeah, because of the um, legacy stuff. So basically, oh. you know, basically the Champions League have mirrored what the, the Super League was going to be. So... Okay. In the Champions League, you will have four spots, and then I think two countries or so many p- countries will get a fifth spot because of performance over the last couple of seasons. Liverpool are in the final, um, you know, City have been in final, Chelsea have been in final. You know what I mean? And um, there's loads of English teams in finals that they're probably the they probably are the top ranked league in in Europe right now, so they will be guaranteed a legacy spot. So you could end up getting five teams into it. Um, with Spurs. Um, Enoch has injected 150 million, says Antio Chill, into Spurs for Conte to spend. You know, but what does 150 million get you nowadays? Because <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. If 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 you said to me, Liverpool Klopp was given 150 million, I would expect probably four players out of that. You know, mm. um, but what do Spurs do? Can, I think Spurs could actually go and get three or four players out of that because I think mm. they don't need to go to the top top. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, players and look for they should be looking in and going right. Do we need a left wing back? Which I think they mm. might do. I like Session yeah, Um The other guy, um, Regulon, is. I feel he's more of a fullback than a than a than a wing back. So he might go something like that. Perisic is see, I miss I miss some Royale right wing back yeah. as well. Yeah, he so they could, they could do something there. They might and yeah. very hard to buy a striker at Spurs because Harry Kane will want yeah. to play every game. But it's five subs next season, and squads are going to have to get bigger. Spurs are have to go go and compete now in the Champions League, which means they will need a bigger, more quality squad. So they're probably while that hundred and fifty million looks impressive, it'll probably be something that only keeps them on par where they are because you bring two or three more in you're going great yeah because you're Champions League now you've much more pressure game so you know but in fairness they're putting the money up there that's great and Spurs badly needed it because of the money they lost through COVID not only because COVID and it affected all the Premier League but that new stadium was built literally as COVID arrived and they had so many plans to have so many events in there that would make them a lot of money and you know um they were probably most affected, I think, in the league. So for them to for them to be coming out with that sort of money, A, shows a bit of ambition. Shows that they want to put a squad in place that can compete. Because there's no point being in the Champions League Joe if you're gonna end up sixth. You know what I mean? You're only you're only you know, um gonna have your nose to spite your face really. And you know, they're gonna they're, they're gonna do that and, and on, on the other hand, it's shown Conte that they want to be backed. And I think it's an early shot across the bells of Conte going, right, well look, where there's 150 million. You know, and he'll probably end up getting 120 million of that plus sales um, to go and do what he can. So we'd have to wait and see. But I still have this little bit of feeling in me that if um, if PSG come knocking, I think Conte might be very, very tempted. Um, you know, just just to, on thing as well, just because um, he gets absolutely battered. And listen, he's not my chairman, so that but but um, your man Daniel Levy, like there are periods in time that that guy's played a blinder, Modric, Bale, and he's done it with Kane. By, by, by him refusing to sell last summer, like Kane's never oh, ne- Kane's top. never leaving Spurs now. Like the only place I see Kane ever going, and I've said it before, and it, and it won't happen now, but the I always said if Ferguson was still at Man United, he'd, he'd, be he'd have been a Man United player years ago. Yeah. He'd have already signed him. He'd have been done, right? And that was always, I, I've always said that. Um, but now I think that Man United are too far off it. City have got Haaland. Kane's done now. Kane's at, uh, at Spurs for the rest of his life. I so. think I think Liverpool could have a look at him if the money was right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I think oh. I think with with the players that we have that are out of contract next year, and I know he's twenty eight or twenty nine. I get that, and the money's probably too much. But I think he probably suits Liverpool out of them all. The way he's actually developed his game, and I'm not a fan of Harry Kane because he spends most of the time trying to injure other players um, with this whole, you know, standing still while people are jumping for ball. But the thing is, the way he plays um, and the way he's developed his game, and I have to give Mourinho massive credit for this because when Mourinho comes in, he makes him be, drop off, get the ball, you're a good footballer, you can pass, you have an eye for a pass, you have vision. 
and he's developed that game. And he, do you know what? He's found a mix now where he's doing that, but he's also getting in the box because while he was developing that part of his game, goals probably went away a little bit. Treff from Harry Kane probably went away, away a little bit. But now I think he's he's starting to find that right mix. And when you have Son that's just willing running all the time, Kulisevsky is the same. Um, now there's a, a look loads of Liverpool fans in the chat there going, no way, not a chance. Um, Harry Kane would score bundles of goals for Liverpool, and I mean bundles of them. But I don't think the money would be right. But I kind of air with you. I think he's he's done now with that Spurs and that's yeah. it, you know. Um, yeah, but look, we wait and see. Arsenal. Um, I'm going to go Arsenal United and then what we do is we drop down the division and we might walk our way back up a little bit um, yeah. Arsenal shit themselves Joe mm-hmm. and I've seen I've seen quotes from Mikel Arteta today saying we're all going on holiday now and in a week's time we look back and we realise that we've achieved more than we probably expected um, I would be disgusted if my manager came out and said that yeah see I I like Mikel I remember we've had this discussion before. I think when I first shows that came on, we had Lee Lee Gunner on, and, and we know how Lee Gunner feels about Mikel Arteta. I think mm-hmm. he was calling him the Tapas Pulis back then. Yeah, yeah uh, that was his name <laughs> at the time. Yeah, um, <coughs> he really gets a little bit of unfestic. I think he's progressed. I think he's t- taken Arsenal forward. I think the thing is with Arsenal, and like you've mentioned about football being cyclical, they're not they don't have a dive, divine right to be there anymore. Um. So for for me, and I know like Arsenal fans if they're watching this, like who's this idiot Leeds or whatever, but it's it, it it's fact Arsenal don't have a divine right to be there anymore. They missed out, you know, by two points or whatever it was. I know people call them bottle jobs and all that sort of stuff, and I hear that. But what we have to remember is they have such a young squad, such a young squad. Um, I rate uh, quite a lot of them young players within that squad. I think you know he gets a lot of unfair stick for the uh, the Abamyang uh, thing because Abamyang went on to score goals. Abamyang was done at Arsenal. He was a bad apple. He was a bad apple. Yeah, I I I, 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 I yeah. respected Arteta for what he done with him. Yeah, same. Um, I think it was the right decision. It's okay with hindsight to say yeah, but he went and scored goals and you weren't scoring goals, etc. Yeah, fair enough. But he wasn't doing that at Arsenal when he was there. Um, Maybe it's my my love for Ben White though as well that clouds my judgment a little bit because <laughs> um, yeah I think I, I I don't know I think they'll do all right Emil Smith throw I like I really really like Odegaard I think what they paid for him it's just, it's a snip they found the right spot for him in the team yeah you know, yeah and if they get two decent if they get Gabriel Jesus and another you know because I think I think in Ketty and Lekazet both leave. Mm-hmm. There's two spots there. Maybe Jesus is one. I don't know who the other one looks like. I know Dominic Calvert-Lewin gets mentioned a, a, a lot. I don't know if that that'll happen. But um, if they get two strikes that know where the back uh, back of the net is, then 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 why not? Yeah, but you see, I I get I get the whole stuff about them being a young squad. You know, yeah. I think I think Ramsdale or Harry Ramsden, as we call him on this channel, um, is overhyped a little bit. All right. But he, he's done well for Arsenal. I think mm. I think he's actually he's, he's a bit of camaraderie about him, although it can be over the top a little bit at times. I think yeah. it, it's kind of it's a it's um it's gone down well with Arsenal. And overall he's had a decent season, right? I think Tierney's been unlucky with injuries, but that's been there while he was at Celtic. That's yeah. not a new thing with him. But he's a really good fullback. 
you know, I think Ben White is a good centre-back, but I don't think he's a leader of as a centre-back. I think Gabriel no. is good as well, right? But they probably need, they probably need to say to them, they probably need, they need to go and get a really good centre-back and say, right, we've, we're picking this guy and one of Ben White and Gabriel, right? Yeah. Um, someone really, really strong. They have that Saliba that they always go on about. Who's doing yeah, well but he's been that. out on loan and, and to yeah. be honest with you, he's had terrible family issues um, and that's why he's probably been back in France for two years. But yeah. the talk is now that he wants Champions League and he could be looking to get out of Arsenal, whereas they're probably there looking to bring him back in. But he's still young as well. You know, he's done two years. I think he's done Mar- Marseille, I think he was at. Um, but when you look at midfield, like Partey hasn't pulled up any trees for me. Um, Jacket is a waste of fucking time, and I don't care what anybody says. He's a waste of time. Older Who's this? Jacket. Oh. oh yeah, man. Waste of Gav, can you imagine? Right, as a as a staunch fan, right, can you imagine accepting a player still at your football club after what he did? Like when he's throwing the shirts and he's flipping. Genuinely, mm. I can say hand on heart as a season ticker at Ellen Road. If my captain did that. Genuinely, he would never play for that football club again. Yeah. It wouldn't be stood for. Yeah. I'm not but even. But joking. that's the mentality that was as embedded in Arsenal. Yeah, and I suppose yeah. you have to. As much as I'm not a fan of Arteta, you probably have to give him a bit of leeway where he's trying to get his out. But he's a waste of time. Odegaard, I think they find a great position for him. Um, I yeah. think he's a really good footballer, and he's not that winger that everyone thought he was going to be. He loves floating and being in midfield. Emil Smith Rowe was brilliant start of the season. He. he it did didn't off. fall off a cliff, but he regressed a little bit. But that's fine. Yeah. It's a bit like Curtis Jones at Liverpool. It's a level. They're young. Yeah. Um, Saka and Martinelli, I think, are great. And I think you're right. I think they need two forwards. But I think they might struggle to hold on to Saka and Martinelli. That's the problem when you don't qualify. But at the end yeah. of the day, Joe, they're 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 ahead of sports. They've games in hand. They're actually eyeing up Chelsea, saying if we sure. win our games in hand, they could be a point behind Chelsea. <laughs> and they manage to... to um, they managed to fuck her up. And if you're going to go on the young squad thing, you have to look at the manager. And you have to say, you have to be tougher. Like, Granit Xhaka coming out after that Newcastle feed going, oh, we didn't have the balls. We didn't. There's no point in you saying that at full time at yeah. Newcastle. That's just you trying to plumage people. Don't do it. You should be absolutely rattling into players before it. They should have come out like men on yeah. missions. And they didn't. Yeah. Um, and I, I said it. Whoever, um, whoever, I suppose didn't make that top four. I've, I I thought will struggle, and I actually see that with Arsenal now. I think they'll struggle to attract. I think mm. teams around them will get better. Um, it's the extra game as well, isn't it? Someone mentioned it. In yeah, the and chat. improve more, and and they're going to be in towards United football. Yeah. It just at the stage they're at, I I think they might struggle. Job mm. next season. No, I could see that, especially with the extra games, and you could see a fall off. You, you know, they might not get close to top four. They'll still be in that top top seven. And look, I think now, as much as I like Arteta, and I think he's had an unfair shake next season. It's do or die time for him. Like, surely, if they were to get to the towards the end of the season, and he he hadn't progressed, or at least got close to top four. Or even get top four, I think there'll be a lot of Arsenal fans saying that this game. A lot of them are already, but I think even the board might look at it at that point and say we tried. Um, you know, we tried to to go with a project and see it through. Um, but I think he has to do something next season. Mm. Um, let's go down the bottom. Wofford, Norwich, go down. Um, 
I wasn't surprised by either of them. Norwich no. just do what they do. Um, Watford, mad club. Like, come yeah. up, spend money, give a fella about seven games, sack him, give another fella about ten, sack him, bring in Roy <laughs> Hodgson. Because, yeah. like, genuinely, Roy Hodgson couldn't have been the only man around that could take that job with 15 or 16, whatever games left it was, right? Um, they do that. So that's fine. Um, you expect that. Burnley have gone down and, you know, I was like a lot of Liverpool fans were on board with the whole Everton thing, but you know, it's been coming for Burnley, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I and as much as they got a new manager bounce, I think Dyche knew what he were doing, didn't they? It had obviously gone something had gone really sour though, because like what I will say, I watched a lot of Burnley in the running, obviously because we were we were up against them, and Mike Jackson did like. Dwight McNeil looked like a new player, Corney, they were playing a little bit more expansive. I think the the Chris Wood Valt Veghorst trade off didn't work. Like maybe they've had a much better chance had Chris Wood stayed. Uh, obviously I know they had they couldn't do anything about that. But when they brought Veghorst in, I was like, do you know what? They could have ended up with a better deal than what Newcastle have got. But obviously it didn't work out at all. Um, he missed the sitter as well at the weekend um, to make uh, to to would it have been two all at that point I think potentially uh, if they'd have scored which might have done stuff at you know Brentford and meant we might have like started to shit the bed a little bit but um, yeah he missed the sitter and that's not really worked um, and and listen if you if you what's it I mean if you sit in a barber's long enough you're going to get your hair cut are you do you know what I mean and I think that's what's happened with Burnley and I think their owners. I don't think it's all good and I think they might be in a bit of trouble now, Burnley, in terms of coming coming back up. I think they it's all loans and stuff, I think. Yeah, they were <coughs> excuse me. I seen some stats <coughs> the other day, um, about where Burnley stood at the start of the season or so long ago and financially and where they are and and um and now where they sit now with the likes of downgrading training facilities and, and mm. Their, the money has gone from like half decent to it being a bit in trouble. Um, you know something? I just, I, I kind of look at it and I think to myself, what value do you bring to a league? When I'm looking at who could go down, I think Leeds bring great value to the league. And I'm not saying that because you're here, because you know, no, okay. if I thought Leeds were shy, I'd tell you. Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> as much as the Everton team was fun, um, you know, a lot of people would miss the derby. Although I, I, I've honestly tell you, if you're if you're sitting here today and Everton had gone down, I, I wouldn't okay. give two shits that they'd gone down. But Burnley, for me, I don't think you feel a loss. You know, you'd feel a loss of Everton. You'd feel a loss of Leeds. But I don't think you feel a loss. And I think, okay. um, I think getting rid of Deutsch. I think there was behind the scenes problems there from the start of the yeah, season. Anyway, right. um, but look. They're gone now. They may struggle um, because of where they are a little bit financially. Um, are they the most attractive team in the world to go to? No. But then again, we could all be sitting here in 12 months time going, oh, Burnley are back up. You know, mm. a bit like Norwich have done. So we'll have to wait and see. Um, yeah. Let's talk Leeds though. All right. Yeah, I'm um, and I'm gonna, I, I'll tell you what I think and then you can yeah. tell me if I'm, or you're most likely will tell me I'm completely wrong. Um mm. I think they were naive with the squad they went into the season with. All right. And I'm only saying that because they outran everybody last season. 
and yeah. at times they were brilliant to watch and they were a breath of fresh air as how attacking they were and how lively they were and they pressed and sometimes you looked at them and they're mental you know they're literally coming out and they just they're going to Old Trafford and just being that open and they're 4-0 down after 15 minutes or something right Um, a bit mad but entertaining at the same time we talked earlier about second and third season and stuff like that teams work you out Especially when you're a team that come out, teams work you out. Sheffield United were a breath of fresh air and they were a bit different and they were talking about overlapping fucking centre-backs <coughs> and stuff. And then people just went, oh, that's what they do. Grant, this is what we do. We're better than them and we'll destroy them. And that's what happens. I think Leeds were a bit walked out and I think yeah. they were a bit jaded and I don't think they were refreshed enough, right? Having said that, I think they were very unlucky with injuries. I think Bamford was a massive loss. Cooper was missing for a good length of the season. They were getting they were getting injuries all over the place, right? Yeah. The COVID stuff, I think, went the wrong way for them because they were injuries they were getting. It wasn't COVID with Leeds and they were getting absolutely hammered with injuries. And while others were proclaiming COVID and couldn't play, I didn't like the fact Liverpool didn't play them on the uh, yeah. Boxing Day, Stevens' Day. I didn't like that. Um, because I, I was of the opinion if you can get players out just put them out if you have to go into the 23s and go and get them I was all for that but Leeds ended up having to play a lot of teams that were allowed to come back with a bit more strength um, and Leeds were absolutely banged to rights with regards to injuries uh, Bielsa I was surprised he let him go I know you absolutely adore Bielsa key to this channel absolutely adores Bielsa um, you know but as much as you think a change is good, I just think the amount of effort he put in was catching up with them, regardless of who they had, because I don't think Leeds Farm was brilliant under Jesse Marsh, and I'm not a huge fan of him, right? I don't know, I think I think maybe maybe that change in who's there maybe just rejuvenates them a little bit, but I think they get a bit lucky because of Burnley to stay up. I think that's a fair thing to say. Um... But they do stay up. They manage to stay up because Burnley just can't put the results together. Leeds manage a couple towards the back end of the season. Great. You scrap for everything. The one And the one thing... I'd, so overall, I think, a bit naive, a bit unlucky, and a hard call on the manager. Right? But going into next season for me, Joe, that manager needs to come in and he needs to say, listen, he's a really good player, but he's literally ran the legs off himself for four years now and he hasn't got it in him. As much as yeah. people like him, he has not got it in him. And he'll have to be trusted in the market. He'll have to get it right because there'll yeah. be a lot of, be a lot of um, focus on Leeds and who they sign because he's still the man that follows on Bielsa who's possibly yeah. the biggest, like I spoke about Klopp being the biggest influence over Liverpool in 40 odd years. I think Bielsa is probably one of the biggest over Leeds in most certainly 20, 25 years. 20 yeah, years possibly. Um, yeah. So they'll have to back him. Um, he'll have to get it right. And I think they need, they just need a refresh and they need to, they need to know their limits, Joe. They need to know mm. when, when they go to Anfield or Old Trafford or the Emirates or the Etihad or um, the Sports Stadium, that it's okay to sit in. It's yeah. okay to sit in and be absolute dogs for 90 minutes because mm. it will keep you in the league. And, I'm overall, Joe, I'm delighted he stayed in the league because yeah. we've spoken before. I'm not a fan of Leeds. Um, I'm not a fan of anyone else, Barley, but really. Yeah. But, but when I go back to what Bournemouth are and that loss, I think I would have felt the loss of Leeds a bit more because they yeah. should be in the Premier League. 
Yeah, mate. There's not a lot. There's not a lot to disagree with you. With uh, to be honest, you'd be you'd be surprised. I think when the, uh, my my deity, when my uh, when my god Bielsa left, um, the 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 rose tinted glasses certainly came off, and uh, I can I can see it uh, a lot of it for what it is. Uh, in terms of what we what we got wrong, you, you bang on. Um, the the squad just wasn't added to. The recruitment when we did make signings was abysmal. Um, I think Dan James, twenty-five million. No, uh, I can see it now. I was so, I guess, carried away with that signing because there was a little bit of history, and Bielsa's always wanted him, and Bielsa was going to turn him into something he'd been working under. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was a fool, the PE teacher. Watch what Bielsa does. And Dan James is still the same player. Uh, he has no final ball and no end product, and just runs. His legs are too fast for his brain. You know what I mean? It's uh, it's a little bit frustrating yeah, to fair. watch. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Apparently, Atalanta are interested in Dan James. I'm hearing so if they want to pay 25 million, I'll gladly say yeah, I'll accept that. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. Um, look, I don't believe we should have sacked Bielsa. People tell me I need to go and have therapy, and that I get battered on my own channel from Leeds fans because <laughs> I'm. I'm yeah. I, do you know? Do you know what I got told the other day? What I got called the other day? A Bielsa sexual. Well, the award. That'll be in the dictionary within the next 12 to 18 months. Like, do you know what, though, Gav? He had such a profound effect on me. Yeah. Um, and, and and I think he did, he did for a lot of people. But you know what the internet's like? You know what social media's like? And sometimes he gets disrespected. Anyway, Jesse Marsh comes in. His remit was to keep us in the division. He did that. Mm-hmm. Do I like what I'm seeing? No. Am I his biggest fan? No. Do I think he can take his forward? Mm, the jury's still out. The jury's massively still out. But he did what he set out to do. I think the football, I mean, he plays so narrow, Gav. It was it's unbelievable. Like it was difficult to watch, you know. We 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 did sit in against Arsenal, against Chelsea, we were still getting battered. We sat in against City, we still got battered. Um your best player is uh, a right winger in Rafinha, mm-hmm. and you're playing him at right wing back. What's going on? I couldn't get my head around it. I was banging my head against the wall thinking, what, what, why are we doing this? Then in the last two games, he went back to playing wide. It was like he'd said, because the best game under Jesse Marsh, right, was the first game against Leicester. He came in. They, he'd only been with them a couple of days. Basically, he said, right, stop man marking. Let's zonal mark, right? But still do what you do going forward. Yes, we lost that game 1-0 but we played well. The further we got away from that game, the worse we became, you know, in terms of being, watching it. And I, I guess I turned in, turned into a little bit of a snob because, like, the football that I did see under Bielsa, yes, we took our pastings, but the football was immense. Like, I don't think I'll see better football from my football team for the rest of my life. I genuinely don't. Like, I genuinely don't. So when it was on it, and you know, people only know the Prem stuff. We had two years in the championship of just pure liquid football. It was unbelievable. Um but Marsh comes in, he plays so narrow. Anyway, the last two games, which which basically save us in terms of getting a, a late point against Brighton and winning away at Brentford, which we hadn't done since nineteen fifty. We played with width. Guess what? We won the game. Like it nearly cost us because the mad thing is. Joffy Gelhart gets injured and then he goes, right, I'm going to go five at the back. We were 1-0 up at the time. Burnley were losing 2-1. I was like, what are you doing? Why have you gone with five at the back? You're just inviting it on. Sergio Canos gets ahead and makes it one-on, gets himself sent off. They then go down to nine men. 
they dominated us for a period of time for about five, ten minutes, and I'm watching the game going, We've they've got nine men. Like, why have you done this? So look, I'm not his biggest fan. I am not. But um it's all now about recruitment. We have to get it right. He has to bring his players in. We're signing Brendan Aronson, who's at RB Salzburg, uh twenty four million. I think he'll be a good acquisition. Linked with Minamino um, from Liverpool. So, yeah, so we were linked with Minamino in January and mm-hmm. I think that was genuinely with a view to Marsh coming in because um, Marsh was already coming in in the summer regardless. This was Bielsa's last season. Um, so, Minamino. Um, the bit, Rafinha's going. Rafinha's going to Barcelona. It's, we've Apparently, we've already rejected a bid there. Um, I think... Because we've stayed up, we can now we're, we're we're in the driving seat. Yeah, if you want Rafinha, you're gonna have to pay for him. Calvin potentially going to City. I always believe Calvin will give us an extra year. There's a reporter come out tonight to say Calvin does want to sign a new deal. However, there's there's a lot of conflict in reports. Mm-hmm. I think he could go to City, but what we need to ensure is if he does and when Rafinha's sold, <coughs> we need to recruit right. Because if I'm being honest. It's not been right. Rodrigo, record signing, rubbish. If someone if, if someone came that I'd drive in there, Gav, I would. He, he's been really, really bad. Yeah. Dan James, 25 million, not good enough. Junior Firpo from Barcelona, 18 million, whatever it was. One of the worst left backs I've ever seen, genuinely. Mm-hmm. Um, so the recruitment's been bad. For every Rafinha, Melier we've managed to do, and Melier's not had a great season, I will say that, mm-hmm. there has been some really poor signings as well. So we need to ensure that the signings are correct. Brendan Aronson's been linked. We've been linked with Calvin Ramsey, the right-back from Aberdeen, who Liverpool are chasing as yeah. well, I think. Yeah. Um, so my hope is he looks at Liverpool and says they've got Trent Gomez has been playing there. Will I get game time? Hopefully he comes to Leeds because Luke Kaling's in, in the arse end of his career. Um, so if he can come in, maybe, um, and then we've been linked with Tyler Adams as well, and then an unnamed Premier League striker, an unnamed Premier League striker. Could that be Minamino? Could it be Eddie Nketiah with him leaving Arsenal? Could it be Brozier on loan? There's loads of names out there. Ian Acho, potentially. But apparently we have contacted an unnamed Premier League striker back up for Bamford. We need it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So yeah. just has to get it right. Yeah, he does. And everyone has to get a right in the summer. But I yeah. think... Um, with Leeds, it's a new it's a new manager. It's now, like we said earlier, it's at a stage where they want to push on, but they also need to refresh because you have a lot of tired legs in there. The likes yeah, of yeah. like Luke Ayling just never fucking yeah. stopped running, and it yeah. does catch up with you. It catches 100%. up with you, and you see people's legs going, you know, the sort of way. But um, looking, I'm always I'm always intrigued by a couple of teams when I go into seasons. Arsenal are always one of them, just because of the age I am, and when I start watching football, and where Arsenal were when I stop start watching football. Arsenal are always one. I think Leeds might be one next season, and I think Brentford will be one because I think they've. I have to give a mention to Brentford because you know they come, they come up, and I think they've been great. I think they were. Um, Middle part of the season, they looked like they were falling like a stone, and people were going, "Look at them falling, falling, falling!" And you thought they were going to get really into it, into a bad rut, and they got themselves over. Christian Eriksen has been absolutely massive for them. What a man and what a footballer he is! Um, I'm, I'm like just to come back from where he came back from, and to be a brilliant for Brentford, and to be that man where if Brentford. And they were brave in what they were doing. Instead of just looking for Tony up front, they were getting it to this fella and they were he's being the link. And it is braver to, 
than to hit channels to, to give this guy football and to give him a contract and to believe in him. And I actually hope, I'd love him at Liverpool. I've said it numerous yeah. occasions. I think he's a fantastic footballer. But I hope, even as a Liverpool fan that would like him, um, I hope he stays at Brentford. I hope he signs a deal at Brentford because I think, you know what, fair play to him for coming back. It would be easy to it might go back to Spurs with Conte. Conte. He could, but I'd really like him to stay at, stay at Brentford because mm. I think him getting back and Brentford having the balls to come out and go, we'll give you a deal. Yeah, come on and play with us because loads of clubs would have been offered him and torn him down. Let's not make no bones about it. Brentford weren't the only one that were offered him, but they had the balls to go and do it, so I'd really like it. Torres says, yeah. don't let Joe off the hook. What about these letters to the Premier League? Well, I want to talk about everything. Um, yeah. You know... <laughs> Everton started the season with Rafa Benitez in charge. They have four, first four games, they've 10 points. They end up on the season with 39, I think. Um, so they take 29 points from the last 34 games or something along them lines, right? Um, appalling for me um, from top to bottom. As much yeah. as Leeds were bad this season, I thought Leeds, you know, you could see they were in it together. They knew where they were and they they accepted that. They accepted where they were and what they had to do. Everton don't. And just kept going on and on at players. And it kind of it made me laugh last Thursday when they were carrying players on their shoulders and shit like that and calling them legends of the club. When six weeks earlier they were literally saying, get out, we want nothing to do with you. Everton, um, <laughs> Lampard's in charge. Lampard takes them over in 16th. He ends up in 16th. There's just so much made of this fella. It's, it's unbelievable. I'm sure you'll have a go in a minute. But for Everton, the biggest thing in the summer for me is the financial stuff. Um, yeah. 375 million um, over the last three years in losses they're going to post another loss which will be close to what they've done recent in, in the recent years which if you took it over four years would, would leave them around half a billion in debt over the last four years which is absolutely phenomenal um, they have a new stadium coming but you can't hang your hat on that you know yeah. it, and I, I, the only thing I would say to you is when you get a new stadium right even if the council are building are paying for so much of it Go and look at Arsenal when they leave Highbury in 2006 or whatever, 2005, and how they struggled for years to actually keep their identity as a club, yeah. um, compete, bring players in. Um, he looks at that squad and you could say to yourself, oh, well, they finished 16th. Like, no problem. Get rid of them anyway because they weren't good enough. But when you look at the players that are there, are you going to be able to bring in any better with maybe the financial restrictions you're under. So I think it's going to be a mad summer for Everton. I think they're going to be asked serious questions over the finances and I think the Premier League are going to be under pressure. Joe, how serious are Leeds and Burnley over this? Do you know what? Like, and just on thought, it, it was pure for me. I think it was done on the 9th or 10th and that was the day after we'd been spanked by Chelsea 3 I think I think I read the 13th of May was when they, was when they sent okay. the fourth letter. But then they sent a second joint letter insisting that the Premier League and Everton hold on to all emails and data regarding Everton's financial situation and correspondence between them. I mean, it was pure because Leeds United were worried they were going down. Let's be honest. Yeah, like, so yeah of course. I, I, it, for me, it was pure sour grapes a little bit. Like, like, listen, I'm not saying Everton should be getting off scot-free. I think next season, get it investigated. If it is improper, then they have to start with a points deduction. That's that's how it works, right? That's what Derby had to do. 
guess who was there before that as well? Lampard must be him. Maybe he's the maybe he's the issue. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, li- listen, you can't be going on like that. Financially ir- irregularities, right? And uh, and get away with it. Listen, I have nothing against Everton. Let me just say that my only disdain was when Lampard rocked up, and I did want them to go down. You won't believe how long I had held of that video of him and Deli Ali going, "We did it." We did it, and I was thinking, I can't wait for you to go down just so I can put that back out in the ether. I don't know if you remember that when he signed Delhi Ali and uh, they did, they, they did, they had a cuddle, and he was like, "We did it, Delhi, we did it." Um, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not Frank's biggest fan. Like he says, took him from 16th to 16th. Um, I, I've re- read this morning that apparently they, they're going to get Tarkovsky on some mad wages as well. I know he was, I, I swear, he, he tried to get Tarkovsky at Chelsea, but he was told no. Genuinely, I remember that. Because um, I think that was the media when they were sticking up for him, saying, well, he didn't really get his players. A lot of them were forced on him and all that sort of stuff. As you, The likes of Jay Comfrey and that, that, that stuck up his, up his backside half of the time, and Matt Law and all that sort of stuff. Um, when they won the Champions League, remember, who can forget he was getting thanked by, like, oh, we special mention to Frank Lampard from Jay Comfrey and stuff. Bearing in mind, he'd left them, like, in ninth. Um, you, know my, you know my thoughts on Frank, mate, but... Um, yeah, look, I think they should be sanctioned if indeed they've they've um, they've had a they've been doing it improper. Um, as for what the future holds for them, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Like, are they gonna move players? They seem to have just an abundance of players now as well. Like that backline, shocking. The backline, shocking. Um, I mean, how old Seamus Coleman now? Mikalenko. Okay, he scored a couple of goals, but I mean, is he that that great? I think a Warby, although he was he was very good when they won that game three two the other night. But I, I don't know, D- Dominic Calvert Lewin will leave, won't he? I can't stand him. Yeah, he's been he's been linked with Arsenal since January. Yeah, the talk around yeah, yeah. him is that a deal f- is agreed with him to go to Arsenal. Now I don't know how true that is, um, but you look at Richardson. I think Richardson will try to get out of everything um, because. I, I don't care how they survived, but he's looking at that squad and he's gone, lads, we've assumed 39, you know, we've got 29 points from 28 games here. You know, if he wants to be a Brazil international and play at World Cups, you know, yeah. can he do whatever? And I'm not too sure. So you're probably going to get some of your bigger assets wanting to live, which does bring money in, which fair enough, it brings money in and you can, you can spend on it. But everything, from what everything they're saying is that they've spoken closely and they've worked closely with, with the Premier League to um, show them that they're, that there's no financial irregularity with regards to, you know, the losses and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, they're, they're claiming 170 million losses out of COVID, which is fucking bizarre, right? And they're claiming X amount on the stadium. But even if you took that off, even if you said, right, we'll give you 170 million on the stadium and we'll give you 100 million or 100 million on the stadium and 170 million on COVID, when your accounts come in this year, you'll still be over the fucking limit. Like they will have to, if 376 million is correct, right? They have to find 271 million in losses that are not football related in order to to get out of this. 271 million. You're only allowed to lose 105 million a year over three years. That's the rule. Now they're claiming that it's this and it's that, but 
from what I've seen and read, I think there's more to it. And I think if Leeds, even though they've stayed up and Burnley, they've gone down because they've questioned it and yeah. pursued it and will want an answer off the FA, i.e. Burnley get some sort of compensation. If you compensate Burnley, it means you're admitting Everton have done something wrong. And if Everton have done something wrong, I promise you, not only Leeds, loads of clubs will want to know what's going on there. Yeah. And we'll want to know, and then you will have to look at sanctions. I think it's a, look, they're delighted they stayed up. They are delighted they stayed up. If they'd have went down, they would have been under EFL stuff, and then it could have got really messy. Yeah. But I think that, I think staying up is obviously better on both fronts um, because if they're in talks with the Premier League, they can continue. And they've stayed up, so they've more money at, at their disposal. But I just. Um, like Barry says there, they're claiming losses on the women's team and everything else under the sun. Like, it's it's a bit mad. Um, the and uh, Frank Lumplard, um, who's read Steve, says the FA will look at everything as soon as they finish their investigation into Man City. So not in their lifetimes. Um, but I think you would have to ask questions, Joe. Yeah. Like it's, and then you have Uzmanov, who's assets frozen. He's one of their main investors. He can't go near them. You know the sort of way. So I think um, Owen reckons he could get a points deduction at the start of the season. I think there could be pressure. Um, I think there could be big pressure on everything. And I think it'll be... If Leeds continue to pursue this, even though they've stayed up along with Burnley, I think answers will have to come out. And quickly, because June the 10th, isn't it? Where they do the formation of the league and who has licenses and stuff like that. And that's why Chelsea are under um, a lot of pressure as well. Um, but look, we'll have to wait and see. There's a lot going to happen over this summer. And then we'll, we'll know ourselves when we when we get to the end of July and we start looking at the um, fixtures in um, early August when we start. Just want to touch on Newcastle. Um, you know, they look dead and buried. Um, Eddie Howe came in. Now, in fairness, he spends somewhere between 90 and 100 million in the in the January window but he spends it well um, you yeah. know he, he does spend it well in fairness to him Chris Wood is probably the one that's not a hit but Bruno Gomez is a, is a real hit I think Dan Bourne's at the back and Target does well I think Target might be only on loan but Target yeah. does well you know he spends well and he gets them up to I think the end of about 12th or 13th 11th 11th was it um, yeah. <clears throat> but what do you see happening there Joe because look you can you can walk around wherever way you want, right? This is the next in a line of of clubs um, that are coming in and basically deciding we're not very good. We're basically going to have a sovereign state come in and just fund this to the absolute hilt because we can. And um, you know, I've said it. I think in the two or three years, I think genuinely Newcastle could challenge for the title. That's yeah. just how how quick it can happen. Um, but just on them, Joe. Do you see them sticking with Eddie Howe? Do you see them sticking and, and, and going, right, we'll spend another 200 this summer, but only sign, we're going to sign four players for that and build and look to build it? Or do you think they could just go all out? Because remember, they can spend whatever they want. Mm. They're not in Europe. It's only when you get into Europe that they go, right, you're in Europe now, right, bang, this is where you have to adjust yourself for three years. And even if they did get Europe next season, right, in 2025 it all changes because... They've put in new rules now about financial regulations and they've told them what the rules are going to be and they've basically allowed clubs that are ran by these sort of people to adjust themselves. They've given them a three-year head start where they can just throw all sorts of deals out and go, these are all the deals we've done. Look at them. 
Yeah, I know they're only a PO box, but it doesn't matter. These are the deals we've done, and here we go. And they're, they're actually lining themselves up to be actually stronger come 2025 and untouchable to a certain point. Yeah, I think I, I just want to say, like, Eddie Howe, I thought, has done a fantastic job. Now, the period of time, like, I know obviously he spent money, but there was a time when, when Gimarish wasn't starting, um, Trippier had got injured. Um, I think they were playing with that. I mean, what he's done with Joel Linton, for example, um, he's, he's done a terrific job. And like I said, they, they did what they did to Burnley on the last day. I really, really love. Bruno Guimaraes, I'm a little bit jealous of Newcastle, just hearing him in interviews, because I think for clubs like Newcastle and like Leeds or whatever, not so much Newcastle now, but when you bring in them stalwart players like a Rafinha, like a Guimaraes, you're always wary he's making that next step. There was a period of time, I guess, with Liverpool, like with the Coutinho thing, you were always worried. I think now, Liverpool, <coughs> City, they're at a level where Maybe they don't even worry about losing their best players to the Real Madrid, to the Barca's anymore. You know what I mean? Um, but with Guimaraes, because of where Newcastle are going and what their trajectory is going, when he's saying, I want to be a club legend here, he probably will be. Do you know what I mean? I think he's been fantastic. Um, and, and like you say, they can throw money out at Chris Wood, knowing that if it goes tits up, they'll just get rid. Do you know what I mean? Because they're that rich now. Do you know what I mean? They're the richest club in the world. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's what I mean. I think... The way they are going to spend it will be interesting because they've been linked. I'll be doing a video on it tomorrow, but they've been linked heavily today to Jack Harrison. So, so uh, really heavily across a number of news sources. So it's like, well, you know, a lot of Leeds fans are saying, "Oh, well, we command can command whatever because it's Newcastle." So they have to be wary of that as well. You know, there was a period of time that happened to Chelsea and stuff, and so you, you end up overpaying because they know you've got the cash. Um. But yeah, so Jack Harrison's someone they're looking at. I don't know what what maybe they'll go back in for Botman, for example. But I think that the fact that they made that marquee signing as quick as they did in Gamarish, you know what I mean? Especially when where 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 they were, they're really set up to go again. Um, whether or not Eddie Howe will oversee it all, he seems to be the right man at the right time now, right? But I think there will come a time where they will no need to go for that bigger name. That bigger name that'll that'll attract you know that next level yeah. of players. We've did seen he, it in City, did, didn't we? Did he do, that's what I'm thinking. Did he do was like a superstar signing? Mm. You know where where you seen it with uh, Robinho at City. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. And of course, when 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 Chelsea take that money in, the, you know they literally just go out and start signing like big big players mm. um, under Mourinho in the summer of 2004. So look. <laughs> There's rumours of a fifty million pound bid for Tierney today as well, says on Neil. Um and G ten says Newcastle have an ex Brighton director now can't think of his name, but extremely well regarded. Stuart Webber. Yeah, uh, Kevin Sullivan Webber. says he've got a proper football director, that's what worries me. Um you know it's it might be Stuart it's Webber. what I, I said it when I when I spoke about City earlier. Um do you agree with it? Probably not, but do you no. just have to deal with it? You do. Yeah. Because, you know, it's just the way things are. It's just, that's the way football is. And, you know, Shawnee on this channel has said to me on numerous occasions, he said, I think in two or three, maximum five years, he said, the appetite for the Premier League will just disappear. You're lucky because, uh, because it won't from, be, it won't be clubs building anything 
to better themselves and, and be up there, it'll just be who can spend the most money. Mm. And it's not money that has come from what you've done in the game. It's money yeah. because, you know, it's just there and it can mm. be used, you know, and it's and it's a it's a it's it's a race to spend the most. And, yeah. you know, but that's the that's the game we were in. That's that's the world we live in, and I think it'll be interesting to see. I'll, I'll be in. I, I will say one thing. I'll be interested to see what way Newcastle go about it because the likes of the links to Harrison is an interesting one. Whereas yeah. you know Harrison's kind of left winger, um, good player, but you know with Newcastle, you'd probably expect him to go out and go. What's what's Leroy Sane doing? Ah, boy, yeah, no, I, you know, I agree. something like that, yeah. you know, or or. Jesus, what what's such and such doing? And and you know, all right, we'll throw eighty million at him, and yeah. that'll be the big bang. You know, the sort of way yeah. that'll get people very used to what we're doing very very quickly. But we'll we'll have to um, we'll have to wait and see. Any other clubs you'd like to touch on before we jo- go, Joe? Um, I think uh, what's what's oh, do do you think Ten Hag's going to be a success? What do you expect to happen there? <clears throat> I've kind of stayed away from United when we've been doing these reviews because um, absolutely meaningless at the minute, mm. you know. And it's I think it's very hard to read because you look at the antics of Pogba, you know, yeah. didn't want to play against Palace because he might get abused by fucking fans. And you look at Harry Maguire, who's just a walking disaster. You look at players that were in the team and nowhere to be seen now. Um, Rashford is just completely fell off a cliff um, because of side issues and in, in, in really good things he's doing by the way I just yeah. think it's it's kind of affecting his, his life um, a little bit too much although you can't knock him for what he does for people um, I don't know on Ten Hag you know mm. I can see where United fans are coming from where you know Klopp similarities to Klopp coming to Liverpool in 2015 and you say to yourself, you know what? He's he's done well at Ajax. He's done well in the league. He's done well in Europe. He's kind of overperformed a little bit for Ajax. Um, he's coming in. He's not. He's not. F- you know, forty years of age and a little bit wet behind the years. He's fifty-two. You know, he's he's very much a very matured manager. Um, the only and and the talk is that he's got rid of a few people in the club that should go. Although Darren Fletcher's still wandering around the gaff, I don't know why. Um, <laughs> You know, and he's bringing in people. People are scoffing at the whole Steve McLaren thing, but Steve McLaren knows Manchester United. I don't yeah. think he'll have a huge input, but I think you'll have an input in the way the club is, and it's a bit yeah. of familiarity for Ten Hag. It's a huge job to turn that squad, though, Joe. I don't care how much money you have. No. It's a huge job to turn, you know, Wan-Bissaka, don't want them, right? Luke Shaw, you question. Could you question Boy not fit enough? Yeah, you have to get him out. Um, Harry Who McGuire. in the midfield do you keep apart from Bruno Fernandes? You know yeah, but you've Bruno team. Fernandes, you've got Fred, you've got McTomney. McTomney's decent, I think. Fred, just there too long, he probably needs to go. You'll have questions over Ronaldo because A, his age, he's still scoring yeah. goals, but his influence at the club, do you uh-huh. want that influence there when you're trying to make this literally a new dawn for Manchester United? Um, you've got the Rashford stuff, you've got the other guy, Greenwood, that's, you know, in an awful fucking mess he's made of himself. Of himself. Um, and you look at them and you you look at Tellers and you go, is he good enough? Mm. You know, there's some youngsters coming through. You know, I think it's a huge job for them. They have got the financial power 
to make an impact with probably three or four signings in the summer. But that means that they all have to gel. They all yeah. have to perform. And I'm not saying that Frankie De Jong isn't a good player. I'm not saying that um, Toys De Lit isn't a good player. Or indeed Ziyech, if he's being linked at Chelsea. They're not good players. But to get them all right at the one time is hard, Joe. And, yeah. you know, again, I go back to it. The only thing that might save United is they've Arsenal around them. You don't know what way Spurs are going to react with being back in the Champions League and trying to build on the Conte, but they'll be solid, you know, the sort of way. West Ham, fair enough, they've been good. Newcastle yeah. might come. They might have a chance, Joe. They might surprise us all and finish fucking second or third in the league. But I think it's a huge job he has. A huge job he yeah. has on his hands. And you know what? It's huge because of the size of the club. But if it starts to go wrong in any way, and... You can get as many United fans to say, oh, you need to be patient. They aren't. No, They're no. spoiled brats. Yeah. That's what they are. And, and I say that in the nicest possible way. They are spoiled brats that want everything their way and done yeah. immediately. And uh, look, if it goes bad in the first six games, you're going to hear stuff like the United way and, you know, the United this and the United that. And, and you're kind of going, you need to get away from that. Mm. The way Arsenal had to get away from the Arsenal way of, tapping the yeah. fucking ball around <laughs> 60 times for no reason and you know I just I just think it's a huge job can you do it yeah has he got the 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 um potential yeah has he got the the means to do it I would say so but look it'll only take three or four bad games and you'll have Ooh. Neville thrown his aura in because he thinks he's fucking the leader of the Labour Party you know and you'll have him you'll have him thrown, you'll have him thrown his aura in right and saying this, this should be done like this is the fella that fucking two months ago said the Glazers should put in three billion into the club and then leave like come on you'll have Rio Ferdinand writing up six point lists of what you know you should do like that nine year old could fucking write up mm. you'll have you know you'll have all these people coming out of work again and it's actually outside interference I think is being massive with United because there's so many cross wires and so many people throwing in stuff I just think it's um, it's it's a uh, look it's just it's a huge job. I think it'd be very interesting to see how he goes on, but it could go really well. Yeah. It could go really badly, but I don't know if Manchester United would take, say, a good run in Europe. Right? I don't think if United, I don't think United fans would take what Liverpool took. Whereas they went, oh, we lost the Europa League and we came eight, uh, but we're, we're right behind Klopp. I just don't think they would. And all the talk of patience. Is it me or have you gone really quiet, Gav? Oh, yeah. No. Have you gone really quiet or is that me? No, that's probably you. But um, I, th- I think I think that the size of the job and the outside interference and the lack of the lack of um, the lack of patience I think could hurt them. But I'm not writing them off from doing mm. a good job. So, like someone go. said in the chat, I think the Harry Potter scarves, it's the Norwich scarves, isn't it? The Norwich scarves will be back out in, in no time. It, it's mad how, like, I know, I mean, the, the way Man United fans in the summer, the summer that they had, Champions League Varane, who looks like, you know, Europa League Conference Varane, Ronaldo coming in, and, and you know, a lot of people said he was the problem, but to be fair to him, he scored a lot of goals for them. Without him, they'd be a lot worse off. But all these signings that they made, and they were all there getting it, going going to the club shop, buying all the shirts and that. And then when they started losing games, they all got the green and gold out, the Norwich scarves again. Mm. They brought in Ralph Ranick, 
and people were talking about how he taught Klopp and he taught Tuchel and stuff. I'm 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 taking all this in, thinking all this tripe that you were saying about Bielsa about oh he, he taught he did this he did that. I was like you're doing it now for Ranyi. The difference was Ralph Ranyi ain't got a Scooby Doo in terms of managing a football team. You might know how to build one up structurally and all that and 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 acquisitions and all that, but in terms of being on that training pitch, obviously went to so funny. It was it's been nice to watch it like unfold from the outside in, like uh, or the inside out. Sorry, and these players like oh yeah, just fall into bits. Um, it's been good, but I think I think uh, I'm interested to see how Villa and Wolves, uh, not not Wolves, Villa and West Ham get yeah. on. Um, I think I like Gerard. Um, I said I'd like him at Leeds. I got a bit stick for it. He came in, he did all right. Then they sort of fell off. But I think with another, like you say, they've just signed that Sanson fella, haven't they? Not Sanson, um, Kamara. Kamara, sorry. They've made a good good sign in there. And I, I, I'm interested to see how they get on. And West Ham as well, um, just with what they what they spend um, and see what they do. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, Wolves always interest me. They actually do because you're like, I think we're all the way, what Portuguese are living this year. Um, and if, Do you think thing he'll go this year? Neves. I think he'll go this time. Yeah, and I think Neto's being looked at in a big oh. way. Um, uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting one. I think it's an interesting one. And you know what? Um, it, uh, West Ham... Have they hit their peak? Because I think they might be picked yeah. off a little bit here. I think Rice, um, you have uh, you have Bowen. You know, although as much as they like to to, uh, to I suppose keep them, clubs come knocking. You know, I think if you know he came knocking for Rice, I think he'd want to go Chelsea. I think if they came knocking, he definitely go. He's he's best. Do, mate. do Liverpool still hold an interest in Jarrett? Do you think that? Yeah, or? I think I think he, the, the talk was he was on a list, wasn't he? Um, and people made an awful lot. Um, people made an awful lot of, uh, you know, um, that he was on that list, and he was, you know, uh, oh, are you signing Jared Bone? Where are you signing Jared Bone? Um, he's highly rated. I think his stats are really good, and yeah. you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe West Ham come out and show a bit of ambition again in the summer, and Jared Bone and and Declan Rice go, you know, no, do you know what? We don't mm. win the Europa League. We we finished okay in the league. We're, I think they're back in that conference now, aren't they? Um, yeah. They'll be back in that, but um, let's have another go. But they might get picked off a little bit for me. Just a little mm. bit. Um, so, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Um, mm. Before we go, before we go, I just want to throw this up on the screen for people. Um, let me see. So, this is... Joe, you're doing this. You're lunatic. Yes. So, yeah. Tell us about it. Yeah, so it's 10 years uh, since uh, Gary Speed tragically uh, took his life. So um, what we're doing, a group of Leeds fans uh, are getting together and walking from his hometown in Wales, in North Wales, all the way back to Ellen Road uh, over four days, so three nights. It's uh, 92 mile. Uh, we're setting off on uh, Thursday morning at half five from Ellen Road, uh, getting the minibus down to Wales and then setting straight off. We've got like three stopping points, staying in travel lodges and whatnot. But yeah, so 92 miles over four days uh, in aid of Andy's Man's Club and the Samaritans, mm-hmm. um, just for men's mental health really and just, you know, 
saying that it's okay to talk if you're not feeling okay and stuff. So I think it's for a great cause. It's for a great legend of the Premier League. Um, and yeah, if you can support me, like I said, the the links there, the links on my channel as well. Uh, if you head over to the Just Joe Football Show, um, yeah. So please, if you can, I mean we've smashed the the thing, but every little helps. So if you can um, support, then then please do. And as I say. I'm going to be battered, like 92 miles. No, no, it's no walk in the park, is it? So I've yeah, but you're, you're, weren't you climbing mountains and all a while back? Yeah, I, I, I've done, a, I, I, yeah, I've done um, like the, the free peaks and whatnot. But mm-hmm. um, I do love this sort of stuff, mate. I like being out there. But it's still, I mean, 92 miles are quite a, a new one for me. So yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'll be done in. What's that? That's uh, three and a half marathons in around there. 26 yeah, miles in America. Yeah, 13, yeah, it will be, won't it? Yeah. 78, 80. Yeah, so yeah. it's, yeah, it's over three and a half marathons. So anyway, look, it's up on screen there. And for yeah, people well, listening on the podcast later, if you go to the GoFundMe page, if you go into yeah. GoFundMe and just type in Gary Speed Charity Walk and you'll yeah. see Andy Man's, Andy's Man Club in brackets beside that. And um, yeah. they have gone past that total, but look, that's just a total people put on at the start. Yeah. Um, so go and check it out. It's 100 Leeds fans are walking 92 miles from Gary's first football pitch in North Wales to the one where he lifted the championship championship trophy in 1992. Ellen yeah. Road, yeah? Um, yes. Along the way, they'd be visiting uh, glamorous locations such as Warrington, Oldham and Huddersfield <laughs> and passing by the doorstep of Old Trafford. I really like that. Um, I really, really like that. But um, look, it's it's a really good, it's a really good cause. Um and it's one close to what to Joe and Leeds and stuff like that. And yeah. you know us, we like supporting charities as much as we possibly can. So go and check it out if you can. Before I leave, I have to talk about our charity partner, which is Failacon. Failacon is a charity that helps parents that have lost children during pregnancy and soon after birth. Um, we're trying to raise 10,000 euros for them, which will help them for years. Trust me. Um, if you don't believe me, the link is in the description to check out their website. And their website will let you know all about them, how they're voluntary, how they help parents and bereaved parents um, to... I'm not going to pretend I know, but what must be one of the toughest times in anyone's life. Um, the link is also in there to donate. If you want to donate, walk away. If you can't, that's absolutely fine. Send it amongst your friends, your family, your colleagues. Throw it on your Twitter, throw it on your Instagram, your Facebook, wherever it is. And um, if people can donate to that. We've gone over to 5,000, um, so we're out just over halfway there. And um, our golf day is coming up in a couple of weeks where we hope to put another load of money in after prizes and raffles and stuff like that and we're not going to stop till we get to the 10k and then when we get to the 10k we give it all to Failicon they'll be delighted and we move on to our next charity because that's um, that's what we do um, nice. it's been a great show Joe I've loved having you back on I would have had you on next season even if you were in the championship because Good genuinely man. genuinely um, you are one of the most in demand guests on this channel because when Adam <laughs> comes up they go get Joe on and it's probably because <laughs> he's a lead fan he hates fucking everybody um, he really hates Frank Lampard and then it's coupled with Everton and it's just absolutely brilliant <laughs> Red Steve says Gav get Joe to read our IP Vanish spiel no but I will tell you about IP Vanish um, IP Vanish is a VPN service rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot one touch of a button protects your data your passwords all that sort of stuff whether at home or on the move tablets phones desktops wherever it might be check out ipvanish.com forward slash daytrippers link is in the description you will get your um vpn for next to nothing for a year three dollars twenty it works out most vpns range from eight to fifteen dollars uh barry devney says two top football men great show lads i really 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 enjoyed it um i have to say um 
it was a really easy thing to do. And um, when you're doing season reviews, sometimes they're hard, but when you have somebody from another club doing it with you, it's spot on. Um, let me see. Let me see. Um, do I have the right thing here? I do. I'm just double checking Joe that I'm pr- going to press the right button because I've that much stuff in front of me, man. I swear <laughs> to fucking God. Um, let me see. Let me see. There we go. Right. Um, anything else before we go? Uh, no, no. All good. Um, thank you for having me on as always. I always jump on the trippers when I can and, and watches when I can and some great bunch of, I said to, <laughs> I said to my partner she said what are you doing I said oh, I'm on I'm on with the Irish lads uh, tonight I love the Irish lads I said yeah so I really enjoy it man I, I really do enjoy it thanks man well we really enjoy having you and of course next season and um, we will be talking to you on Liverpool and meeting Leeds um, whether that be in leagues or cups and then just yeah. randomly you can come on and show yeah. about Frank Lampard as much as you like <laughs> yeah. that is an open invitation um, that has been it that has been the midweek fix we are back tomorrow with another midweek fix actually but it's a Divock Origi special um, come and join me Keith and Shawnee as we talk about Divock Origi from the genuinely the time he was born right up until Sunday when it was his last appearance at Anfield when he didn't play he's a muscle injury he's not even going to play Saturday but he will go down as um, one of the biggest cult heroes for me in Liverpool history talk to you in a bit over and out. Sports Social Podcast Network.